Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith. Are you listening to the right podcast? Because you're supposed to be listening to Three Guys in Flick. Are you listening to that right now? Then you're in the right place. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Whoa, whoa. You better watch what you say about my girl. She's real sensitive. Welcome back. You are listening to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, John Carpenter's Christine. Beware, spoilers. Coming to you from Darnell's do-it-yourself junkyard, my name is Don. And to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. Okay, show me. (laughs) And to my left, we have the professor. That's perverse. Weird. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Doing well. Good. How good. are you doing? Oh, you know, all things being considered equal, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Tonight kicks off our month of Halloween specials, and we decided to start with a little Stephen King. What do you guys think about that? I think we should do Stephen King always. Always? Well, at least for a month. Yeah, but he does. I mean, there are some really bad movies. I mean, really bad. There's also some good movies, though. There are. There are good movies. Are you pro or con creep show? Um, it's been so long since I've seen it. I would like to see it again before I make that uh, decision. But I know growing up that I liked it, and I dug it, and I will never forget Stephen King and the Cockroaches. Mm -hmm. So you know. Yeah, uh, Creepshow is a guilty pleasure of mine. In the theater, when I was watching it at the time, it was lightly attended. And in the middle of the cockroach scene, I'm getting very squeamish, but I decide to elusively slip out of my seat and then run to the aisle behind and then go up to my buddy and I graze his cheek with my fingers and boy, did he freak out. Oh, for fuck's sakes. I would have loved to seen that. And you know... As you're telling that story, I can completely picture you doing that. That's fucking awesome. Quick story about another Stephen King movie, Misery. Oh, wait a minute. It's not going to be like mine, is it? Very similar, oh except I didn't scare him. I went to see that opening night with one of my friends, Aaron, and we're watching the movie, and it was a good movie, and start, scenes started getting tense, and that's when Kathy Bates brings out that sledgehammer. And she gets ready, and my friend's just going, oh, he's, she's not going to do it. She's not going to hit him with that. And right as he, she swings it and hits him, he shouts out in a silent theater, you bitch. <laughs> and the crowd just erupted. Yeah. Well, that scene is hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there are a lot of Stephen King movies out there because, well, Stephen King writes a lot of books, you know, and this one comes out in 1983 which is, you know, relatively early uh, for all these Stephen King movies that are coming out or that will come out. Yeah, it's pretty early. It's like his fifth one or somewhere early like that. He's probably got to have like almost 50 movie representations of his stories. So before Christine, uh, we get Cujo in 83, Creepshow in 82, and then uh, The Shining in 1980 but you know the the famous story of the shining is that stephen king didn't like the version that kubrick did you know which we'll discuss when we talk about the shining but prior to all of those i mean yeah 
Well, Stephen King was so popular at this time, especially in 1983, that did you know that the movie actually went into production before he finished the book, Christine? Yeah, this was one of the only times at the time that the movie was either being made and coming out uh, at the same time as uh, the book being on the New York Times uh, top 10 bestselling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people love them some Stephen King. He's a really, really good storyteller. I, I like Stephen King. I like a lot of his work. Um, I, I'll see a new Stephen King movie when it comes out. And, and even his non-horror thriller related movies, Shawshank Redemption, any of those movies, just great storytelling. My grandmother, once upon a time, she was eager to ask Stephen King's mother once she got up into heaven, what did you do to that boy? Why <laughs> is he like that? Why does he think like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, have you read a lot of Stephen King books? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? I've read a few. Fucking wordy, man. Mm-hmm. He, he, that dude loves to write. You know, he'll, he'll introduce a character who knows this one guy who was raised in Alabama, who once on a Tuesday had a turkey sandwich whilst walking a dog. Why? Why do we need all that, Stephen? I don't know. Somebody else does that too. Well, do you know how he... Sure, a lot of people do. How he connects up to our previous podcast, Kevin Smith? How's that, bud? Well, Kevin Smith, all of his movies are supposedly done in the same universe, and so they all connect up, either during around the same time period, the same towns, the same cast, the same people crossing over. Apparently, Stephen King does the same thing. All of his books are supposedly supposed to take place in the same universe. Yeah, I've heard that too. And so like, you'll see things in certain books, like there'll be spray painting of Pennywise Lives in some non-it-related movie, or they'll go visit the you know town of Derry, or like from Stand By Me, I can't remember which movie it is, but they go to a gas station and one of the characters from Stand By Me is working at the gas station. Oh, interesting. So it's just weird thing. I love how he does it. He connects it all up. Yeah. Christine, released on December 9th, 1983, based on the book Christine by Stephen King. It was directed by John Carpenter, screenplay by Bill Phillips, and it stars Christine, Keith Gordon, John Stockwell, Alexandra Paul, Robert Prosky, Harry Dean Stanton, and a bunch of other actors. How'd this movie do, Don? This movie was made for $10 million and it brought in $21 million. That's not too shabby in 1983. Not too shabby at all. There's not a bunch of horror movies happening during this time. In general, horror movies are taking a back seat. 83 is kind of sort of the summer of comedies. Comedies were very strong in the summer of 83. But the, the what was the Godzilla of the 1983, summer of 83? What was the big Godzilla? The Godzilla. Uh, 19, uh, Rocky three. No, sir. Uh, not Beverly Hills Cop. That was 84. Fuck. Oh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. No, sir. God bless America. You got anything? I was going to originally say, I, I was going to say Beverly Hills Cop, 48 hours. The only two I could think of. Yeah. I was going to say, Something I don't, I, I, I was going to say, I don't even know why we ask. Coming to America? 1986. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I, I don't know my movies. Return of the Jedi. Oh. Fuck me. That was 83? Yes. Okay. Yes, it fucking was. And it crushed everything. How could it not? I remember seeing Jet. You know what? We're not going to talk about it because that's a whole other podcast, but Jedi. Fuck yeah. Yeah, there were only nine 
in the top 100, there were only nine horror movies. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Do you know what the top horror movie was for 1983? 1983? <clears throat> um, Come on, Don. This is right up your alley. Well... It wasn't Elm Street because that's 84. Uh, was it Friday the 13th Part 3? John has a thought. One of the Jaws movies? Yes. Was it Jaws 3? Yep. I was oh, going to say really? Jaws 3. Um, excuse me. Jaws, Jaws 3D. 3D. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever see that in the theater? I bet I did because it was 3D. I remember my mom and my buddy who lived up the street, TJ. What's up, TJ? Yeah. Uh, we got to the theater early. We were going to go see Jedi. And the guy who was selling the tickets almost talked us into Jaws 3. And that was the closest that I... And I'm, I'm in the third grade, mind you. Really? Yes. And uh, that was the closest I got to seeing Jaws 3D in the theater. In fact, when we just saw Jaws in IMAX, was the first time I have ever seen any... No, I take that back. I did see Jaws the Revenge in the theater. Hmm. Yeah, that just kills that story. But anyways, uh, Christine. Yes, interestingly enough, Cujo did better in the box office than Christine did. Same year? Same year. Yeah, juicy. Because Cujo came out in the summer. This Ah, comes out in December. Gotcha. Not to jump ahead, but if I was going to compare the two movies, I would pick Cujo over Christine, I think, every time. Really? I liked Cujo a lot better. Ah, It's been a minute since I've seen Cujo. I just thought that one was the way it was filmed and the fact that, you know, so few movies do so well where it's filmed in kind of one location. And how about like half that movie takes place just inside that car and such the tension. I I really liked that movie. Yeah, I'd have to check that out again. I found it forgettable. It did not linger with me at all. So for me, uh, Stephen King's 80s horror films, uh, you know, you have Firestarter, you have christine you have the dead zone you have cujo that's that's kind of like uh my early introduction into stephen king movies and and i had always enjoyed christine and w- watching it again not so much a horror film no. <laughs> yeah there's very little blood yeah it's more of a it's supposed to be like a suspenseful thriller and and i think it is but there is that uh creep factor which i think lends itself into the horror genre this is a movie in my opinion that is made by the music and the sound effects if you took out that that noise that it that plays every time the headlights come on wait 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 you mean this one exactly that one if you took that out or replaced it with something else i feel like the movie would have lost a lot of its impact uh i agree uh to a certain extent i think that when you hear the you immediately think John Carpenter, right? I think yeah, that he's yeah. very influential. I can hear elements of that in Escape from New York mm-hmm. and Halloween, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it is very impactful for, and and it's because the headlights turn on at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that's that's probably one of the best parts of this film. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you no. put but, in like, but I agree. If you put in like a chicken noise or someone honking a horn, it wouldn't have had the same effect. Yeah, but I don't know if anyone would, deliberately put a chicken noise or honking the horn for a horror movie (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about a harpsichord oh for fuck's sakes a little bit of glitter all right let's talk about this fucking cast what do you guys think of this cast you know maybe john stockwell i thought was okay and keith was decent i don't think i was really into this cast uh this was a typical 1980s cast 
you know, uh, I recognized Keith Gordon from Jaws 2. Mm-hmm. He has a, a bit part in that. And I knew John Stockwell from, there was a TV show um, called My Science Project. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that might have been later. They did a movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That uh, that was, a, it was a movie. It was not a TV show. It was, yeah. Yeah. It might have been later, but I didn't see Christine until I was, you know, well into my teens. John Stockwell also famously is. Cougar. Yeah. From Top Gun. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, you have Harry Dean Stanton, who is a John Carpenter uh, guy. Yeah. He was in Escape from New York mm-hmm. and uh, very much a 70s uh, character actor. Uh, always seems to play like a good guy, mm-hmm. which, which is awesome. Yeah, sort, sort of a heart of gold sort of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know who uh, they almost cast for this movie? Uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was not their first choice. Their first choice was Scott Bayo. Oh. And for female, they wanted Brooke Shields. Oh, interesting. But, but then the decision was made. They don't wanted to go with people who weren't as popular. They wanted to go with less lesser names. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you know why Kevin Bacon turned down this role? Mm-hmm. He had to do Footloose. And can you imagine a world where with Kevin that. Bacon does not, not do Footloose? No, no, no. Do you know how much of the movie budget was spent just on the cars? 25%? 15%. No, 15%. They bought something like 27 of these cars 27. or similar ones that they rebuilt to look like this car. Yeah, and then at the end of shooting, they were all destroyed, but two. Crazy. Did you hear that one of them sold at an auction on, in 2004 and how much it sold for? No, how much did it sell for? $167,000. That seems relatively cheap. I know. In 2004, especially, I'm thinking, can you imagine being able to buy that car? No. no. Qu- uh, quick question. If you could own one movie car, what would it be? Go. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Are we throwing oh, I, 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 This might even be a better game. Let's answer for each other. I, I gift to you, John, and to you, Don, like that? Yeah, no. So I think, Professor, the one car you would own is the DeLorean. Don't say don't say yes or no. Just I think it's the DeLorean. What do you think I would own? You would own the car from Cobra. What do you think John would own? The DeLorean. Okay. Am I right about you? No. Okay, hang on. Was he right about you? Yes. Okay. You were wrong about me, by the way. Batmobile? No. Stop. 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 Okay. So now that what do you think I would own? Mad Max's uh car. The Interceptor. And we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. the Interceptor. I think you would own the Batmobile. The Tim Burton 1989 Batmobile. You are on the right track, but wrong version. Oh, the 67? I'm thinking the Tumblr for him. Tumblr. Oh. (laughs) I was way out of left field on that one. And neither one of you thought I would want to own that uh, Dynamo's car from Running Man? Well, I think that would be a close second, bud. Okay. That second. would be a close second. I just want my head sticking out of the top, so in case I roll over. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, good game. Quick question for you guys. Yes, sir. There have been many movies out there where the car is the actual villain of the movie. Do you guys have a, besides Christine, do you have like a favorite or a movie that jumps to your mind that where the car was the villain? I can only think of one. So can I. So please tell me these movies that you speak of. Because there's got to be more than one. Well, the movie, he, he read it somewhere. The movies I had written down, top 10 or just 10 horror films featuring a villainous motor vehicle, The Duel, which had a 1955 uh-huh. Peterbilt 281 tanker truck. Uh, okay, that's fair. The Car 
had a Lincoln Continental Mark III. Never heard of it. There's a movie called The Hearse. It was a weird movie. Which had a hearse. Never heard of it. We have Christine. Excellent. Uh, we have Maximum Overdrive, which just has various cars. Should have smacked me in the face. That's the one I was originally going to say. The Wraith. Did you ever see that one with Charlie Sheen? But is Dodge uh, M4S prototype. I didn't think that one's a villain car, even though it does all the killing in the movie. Yeah, but it, technically, we're, we're talking about cars that don't, don't have drivers. No, right? just villainous cars where cars do all the killing. Uh, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't call the Wraith a villainous car. Man. No, either would I. I. It was on this list, but I don't agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the Jeepers Creepers car, which is a Chevy delivery truck. Joyride, which was just a big rig. Black Cadillac. And Death Proof, which is, I guess, a Chevy Nova and a Dodge Charger. Uh, I think a lot of those, uh, the latter ones kind of fall out of the vein of what we're talking about. So if I had to go with what you were saying, I would probably go with uh, the Green Goblin rig from Maximum Overdrive. I was thinking the same thing. Any of the cars in Maximum Overdrive. Dual. Dual, you think? Solid choice, though. Because we never see the driver. You never see the driver. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of... That's what got him Jaws. But go on. But speaking of Maximum Overdrive, did you catch the connection between... Which is obviously another Stephen King movie. Did you catch the connection between Maximum Overdrive and Christine? No, I was not paying attention. Okay, so in Christine, every time Christine is doing something kind of on her own or whatever, there's like a green glow, especially on the radio. The radio is glowing green. In Maximum Overdrive, all the cars have a greenish tint glow to it, and especially the space thing that comes down and makes them alive is a greenish glowish tint. Yeah. So I, a lot of people think that that is on purpose because Stephen King's trying to say that that's what's making these cars alive. Oh, yeah, I can see that. In September 1957, at the Chrysler Corporation assembly plant in Detroit, the hood of a newly assembled red and white 1958 Plymouth Fury abruptly slams down and crushes the hand of a line worker inspecting its front end. Another worker climbs in to sit behind the wheel, letting the ash from his cigar fall on the front seat. At the end of the shift, the line supervisor notices the car's radio is playing music. When he opens the door to shut it off, the worker's corpse falls out onto the floor. 21 years later, in September 1978, Awkward and unpopular teenager Arnold Arnie Cunningham lives in Rockbridge, California with only one friend, football player Dennis Gilder. Arnie's life begins to change when he buys the used dilapidated Fury from George LeBay, whose brother Ronald had originally owned it. George tells Arnie several details about the Fury, including its name, Christine. Since his hostile and strict parents will not let him keep the vehicle at their house, Arnie starts restoring Christine at a do-it-yourself garage and junkyard owned by Will Darnell. So the movie starts off pretty pretty simply, right? Uh, we hear the engine, we get the credits, it's all good, and then uh, we get to the assembly line, and George Thurgood's bad to the bone. Right as that hood slams down. No, it starts before it. I thought but, it's, like, it slammed down and then it played the... No, no, not at all. Oh, then, okay. Do you watch the same movies we watch? I, I just noticed that all the white cars were coming down and all of a sudden you got this one red car. Yeah, I, well, I think there was like a peach one in front of it because oh, I kept thinking, I don't remember a spraying montage to paint it red, but they don't. It was right there. Did you notice that every song that plays has a direct representation to Christine? Oh, sure. It, it's, it's her mood. 
Yeah, absolutely. Great way of putting it. That's mm-hmm. her mood. Um, so Bad to the Bone comes on and you have the line 1957. So this is how cars were made. And you kind of get a sense of, of what's going to happen or what's going on. And I guess my first question is, if I'm inspecting a car, I, I don't think I'd leave the hood open like that. Isn't there something to prop it open? I, mean, I don't think there was a lot of safety measures back then because I don't even think those cars had seatbelts. Could you imagine that fucking thing falling on your hand? Oh, no. Would, I'm surprised his hand wasn't lopped off. Yeah, and I think if it was made today, the hand probably would have been lopped off. You know what I mean? So, you know, accidents happen, whatever. And then the... Thus we are introduced to Christine. Yes, and her moods. Mm-hmm. Uh, another employee gets in, sits behind behind the wheel, just kind of lounging having a cigar ashes on the plastic you think something's going to happen but we don't get shown anything Mm -mm. and so i think that's also the beauty of john carpenter uh letting your mind kind of trying to figure out what's going on uh another dude comes in opens the door and he falls out and he's dead so uh, you know the first victim then we fast forward 21 years later we are now in september of 1978 and this is when we get introduced to Arnie and Dennis. What did you guys think of our two characters? Well, Julie actually watched this movie with me, which I know you guys always say, why do you make Julie watch these movies? Why was she watching this with you? Because she decided she wanted to spend a little time and she's never seen Christine and she likes cars. So I told her it was just a car movie. (laughs) Wait, did you tell her it was by Stephen King? Uh, I'm, I may have left that out. I don't recall. Oh, interesting. Okay, please continue with your story. Anyway, so we're watching it, and Arnie comes out, and you know, splashes in that puddle or whatever, and Julie just looks over him and goes, you were Arnie in high school, weren't you? Wow. And I was like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> I'm glad that your wife did, because when I was watching it last night... Don! <laughs> Jeez. That was your first thought? That's uh, a kick to the balls. No, it wasn't my first I, thought. I'm I don't, just kidding. I don't deny it. I, I don't deny that I was probably Arnie in high school. But just like Arnie, I got cool. Jury's still out, but I like the confidence. <laughs> what do you think of Dennis? The introduction of Dennis, I thought, was done in a delightful little moment where we look at Mother looking at Dennis's car in the driveway and we can't see the driver. The car is sitting askew slightly in the driveway, and we hear that 68 Charger engine just, you know, rattling. And not being able to see him in the car, it's like, ah, oh, nice, nice, nice little touch there. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I appreciated Dennis having a heart taking Arnie in the way that he does because it's almost immediate. You can tell that Dennis is a cool kid and Arnie is painfully shown to us as not. Yeah. And, and I get the sense from these two that they've been pals for a long time. Right. There's, Mm -hmm. there's history there. Yeah. And and I like when movies portray that. And I, I thought that their conversation in the car on the way to school was, was hilarious. Well, real quick. One of the things I, I felt like, why we had Dennis set up as kind of really obviously, you know, he looked like a football player, popular kid, because him next to Arnie made Arnie look more nerdy. Yeah, the uh, characters, I, I think, are instantly galvanized. We know who they are by the end of the school scene at the lockers, right? Because Dennis is being fawned over by by that blonde gal. Kelly Preston. Ro- Mrs. Ro- Roseanne? 
I didn't even know she had a name in this. She had a, I wanted to know that. What was her purpose in this movie? This did was she, probably her very first role. I mean, all she did was just bat, you know, flirty eyes at him. And that's it. That was the whole thing for her in the movie. Well, that's what they wanted her to do. She and, didn't even show up in like the last third of the movie. No. But that's what they wanted her to do. Okay. And, and, then, and then we have Dennis helping Arnie open his locker. And yep. then instantly he closes his locker and he can't get back in. So... You know, the dichotomy of the two is set, and we know their place in their school societies. Right, right, right. What were you going to say about the uh, car drive, the conversation? The conversation on the ride to school, I thought was funny because it was all about showing what a good friend Dennis is. His main concern for that year was getting Arnie laid. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's not a pal, I don't know what is. What, what's a little hair in your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> Julie even laughed at that. I was like, ew. Hey, man, beggars can't be choosers. After this, we're introduced to our antagonist, Buddy. Yeah, he's kind of a douchebag. I love his sideburns, though. He screams douchebag. And doesn't that motherfucker look like he's 28? Yeah, he does. You know what I mean? He maybe have been held back a couple times. Uh, Did you you notice who one of his cronies is? Yes, the guy from uh, Animal House and a couple other movies. He's St. Elsewhere. No. What's his name? No, that's not Stephen First. Are you talking oh, about... not Stephen First? No, it's not Stephen First. You're, God, you're talking about Rich, the guy with the fuzzy hair? Yeah. What's he from? He's from Ghostbusters. I didn't know there was going to be electric shock. Don't feel so bad. That is There's not only Stephen 75 first. more no. to go. <laughs> no, dude, it's not Stephen First. God, I look so much like him. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, Mookie or whatever his name is. Moochie. Moochie. Yeah, Moochie. Uh, I don't know who that dude is. But uh, yeah, it, it was kind of funny to see the dude from Ghostbusters. But yeah, Buddy and his gang, uh, immediately we know they're assholes, right? I mean, look at the way they talk to the teacher. Yeah, what the what is up with that? And actually, Buddy probably could have kicked the shit out of the teacher. Yes. Again, this motherfucker's 28 years old. What's he doing in high school? You know, but Dennis does get a good shot in on him. Until Moochie grabs him by the balls. Yeah, what um, was up with that move? What Make I, the reach around and grab him by the balls? I, I, I don't understand your question. Have you ever been in a fight? Not like that. Well, I mean... Nobody but, ever just reached over and grabbed. But if someone reached over and just grabbed your balls, what would you do? Go down just like Dennis. There you go. That's all it was. Or say thank you. Uh, if you're saying thank you with that kind of force, well, good on you then. I don't. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with the move. It brought him to his knees. Yeah, but you know, not very what honorable sneaking up behind and just what is what in fighting is what is honorable that, about fighting? That's sexual assault, and that's a no no. Oh well, okay, noted. But I mean, they're in a fight. No one. There's not rules when you have a fight. I would love to see John in a fight. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can't hit me in the face. I've been in okay. a few fights, so yeah. Did you stop? Did you stop for the rules? Remember, I was a nerd rules? in high school. You had to, you had to de- defend yourself every once in a while? I yeah. like that. I like the way you step up. That's good. Good for you. So on the way home from school, whoa, 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 stop, stop, back up, back up, back up. What? Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Arnie Caesar, and this is where we get introduced to Christine. And she's not looking so hot. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And that old dude, talk about creepy. What did you guys think of this scene? I thought it was a it was a clever way to introduce the car. Uh, I haven't read the book, but I guess things were a bit different in in the book. But one of the reasons they they explain why the car, even though it has the ability to self repair itself, it looked in such disarray, is because 
it's it's almost dependent on its owner's love and obsession to power it up and to keep it healing itself. Right, and so, no one was there to, after the owner died, Yeah, no one was there to keep up the love. Yeah. Exactly, so that's why it was in such disarray. But, you know, I loved how, you know, I tried to watch this time, I didn't catch it. You know, when they passed by, did, did you were you able to see Christine at all when Arnie saw it, or was it just... No, blurted it out. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, no, you, you don't see the car. Uh-huh. You don't see the car until they back up. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we get Dennis's point of view. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, the, the old creepy guy is kind of telling the story of, of the car. And, and Dennis right away is like, no, dude, you don't want any part of this. I loved Arnie's haggling. <laughs> hey, whatever you want for it, I'll pay for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Dennis is like, dude, don't say that. Um, you know what, what really works for LeBay? Is that old, dirty, white thing that he's got around the back his brace? Waist. The yeah. girdle yeah. thing? That, that really works for the scene. Yeah, it really does. And so Arnie buys the car and, you know, he, he gets to start it and he immediately falls in love with it. So Christine already has her claws, if you will, into Arnie and is starting to seduce him already. Immediately. Immediately. Writes a check on the spot. So digression, LeBay, where else do you remember him from? There's only one other place that I remember him from. And I saw him first in Christine, but he was forgettable. But he is instantly recognizable to me for one other movie. Can, maybe again, maybe it's the not the same person, but was he in Home Alone? Yes, he's the old guy in Home Alone. There you go. And, and so watching it again, is like, but he's the Home Alone guy. Yeah. He's, he's not that bad. Well, he's not really. No, he's, he's I, neutral. And do they say, and I they may in the book, is the back brace a result of maybe a confrontation with Christine? Having a clue. You know what I mean? It turns out that uh, the brother killed himself in the car, but that was also afterwards of the wife and daughter dying in the car. But yeah, they said something about he had taken a hose from the exhaust, put it in the window, and died of carbon monoxide in the car. Yeah. Now, in the book... Uh, Christine isn't actually alive uh, until that point when the brother's uh, soul or spirit, his love and obsession with the car merges with the car. Right. And that's what gives the car that power. Right. And, and throughout the book, uh, the corpse appears in the back seat and talks to Arnie. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but there was another that's movie. That's pretty cool. That, but there was a movie that just came out where I can't remember what it was, uh, but the same type of deal happens. So Carpenter and the writer said, no, we're not going to do it that way. But that also saves time because, you know, Christine is however many pages it is. And the movie is only an hour and 40 minutes. Right. So a lot of that shit has to get cut out. So that was an easy way for them just to just to drop the LeBay history real quick and not have to pursue it. But now we know, you Mm -hmm. know, dead wife, dead kid kills himself. Christine sad. I think it makes more sense, too, in that the idea of the brother's spirit merging with the car, I don't know, would you get that feeling that the car is still a female and that Arnie's falling in love with a woman versus a car if you know that this guy is possessing the car? Uh, interesting thought. It'd be a I'm, weird I'm not sure. I, yeah, I don't know if I would have thought about it like that. But, um, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Uh, so he buys the car. He goes home, tells his parents, and they lose their shit. They start shitting ingots. Yes. You know, you're not keeping this car. You're fucking tripping, blah, blah, blah. And I like what they say to Dennis. You're his friend. Why didn't you try and talk him out of it? 
I'm sure you did. I can't tell you how many times I've had those conversations. Um, I love how the mother in the beginning kind of treats Dennis like crap, but then she's all like, well, why didn't you defend it? Why didn't you talk him out of it? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, this mother is just odd. Yeah. Well, I mean. Thank you for the milk. (laughs) At least Dennis is polite. But do you know where we know the mother from? Yes. She is from. Julie had to point this out to me. Julie? Julie pointed out where, because she kept saying, I know this lady. I know this lady. She is a mom in. She is a mom in Beverly Hills, uh, 90210. Is that Dylan's mom? I think so. I think she is Dylan's mom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure she's been in, obviously, other movies, but that's where Julie knew her from, Beverly Hills, 90210. Yeah. Fucking love that show. Yeah, I fucking said it. So, yeah, no, no bueno on the parents. And so Arnie has to take christine to a garage a do-it-yourself repair junkyard called uh, darnell's and this is where we meet darnell and his gang of uh merry men uh what'd you guys think of darnell's character i had tried i mean obviously he's set up perfectly that you're not supposed to like him from the start especially with that chewing tobacco and everything yeah instant dislike for me yeah oh his gruff demeanor worked for me oh absolutely yeah, his, his abrasive gruff demeanor towards Arnie was perfect. As Arnie spends more time with Christine, he discards his glasses, dresses more like a 1950s greaser, and develops an arrogant, paranoid personality. Unbeknownst to Arnie, his mother, Regina, tells Dennis that Roland actually committed suicide in Christine. Confronted by Dennis, George admits that Roland's daughter had choked to death inside the car and that his wife also committed suicide in it. George forced Roland to get rid of Christine after his wife's death, but was returned to him after three weeks. During a football game, Dennis becomes distracted upon noticing Arnie kissing his new girlfriend, Lee Cabot, in front of a now-perfect Christine and is tackled, suffering a career-ending injury. One of Christine windshield wipers stops working while the pair are on a date at a drive-in movie theater. When Arnie gets out to fix it, Lee begins to choke on a hamburger as an oldies rock and roll song starts playing on the radio. The doors lock themselves, leaving Arnie unable to help her. But she frees herself and is saved when a man in a nearby car administers the Heimlich maneuver. Soon afterward, school bully Buddy Repperton, angry with Arnie over being expelled after a confrontation in shop class, vandalizes Christine along with his gang, Peter Mucci Welch, Don Vandenberger, and Richie Tulloway. Devastated and determined to repair Christine, Arnie encourages her to repair herself, which she does. So what do you think of Christine when you finally get to see her, you know, besides on the assembly line, but all nice and shiny and new looking? Yeah, she looked like a great car. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind owning a car like that. That's a slick looking car. Yeah, absolutely. A nice paint job and, you know, I, he's... Arnie's fixing it up with all these uh, leftover parts and pieces. And I have to ask myself, how does he get it to look almost brand spanking new? Well, that was, first of all, that was one of my questions. My other question was, they said earlier on that he was taking shop for the first time. Where did Arnie learn to do all this stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe as he's getting possessed, he is being possessed with knowledge on how to restore Christine. I took it as something kind of like that. Oh, really? That he was being guided by Christine. I just took it as plot convenience and moving the story right along. That too. Yeah. And it flows really well. 
you know, I, I there are some bits in this that are kind of jarring and some of the uh, editing choices. I'm like, huh? But, you know, uh, the movie does flow at an hour 40. So it's, it's not too bad. What do you think of Dennis's injury during the football game? Uh, ouch. You know, goes up, gets slammed down. Uh, but I don't know why he gets so distracted. Well, first of all, he had tried to hit on Leah and, you know, get a date with her. And all of a sudden, Arnie shows up with her, but also, I guess, the perfect car. But, uh, yeah, I mean, during a football game, he needs to pay attention. Yeah, I mean, he's a fucking receiver at that point. Yeah. So. No, he just stands there and gets hit. We have another interesting little tidbit moment that happens. We get to see the odometer turning itself backwards a little bit. And I, I thought that was an interesting uh, uh, way to convey another reason why Christine continues to improve her looks because she is de-aging herself with the miles going down. Ah, I also thought I like that. I also thought possibly it was a connection because you notice uh, the wardrobe that Arnie has throughout the movie you know, slowly goes back further and further into the 1950s. And his whole attitude and character becomes, you know, goes from being Eugene in Greece to basically being, um, you know, James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. I read that in an article. I can't say that I stole that. Or I mean, I can't, that I came up with that. But anyway, so he, de- you know, so maybe that odometer going backwards is also hinting that Arnie is being taken backwards in time. Oh, uh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I, I also noticed that what we get here over this arch of time, you know, because we have these occasional dates that are p- put up on the screen for us. Arnie is going through this metamorphosis where he is changing as well. Yeah. And, and it's a, and I guess that's why we have the calendar dates that are given to us to show us that there is a gradual change that's transforming him. Yeah. And I think that, you know, uh, in one scene it's October 9th and then, you know, uh, a scene or two down the road, it's November, November 5th. Whatever, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's showing us the passage of time, and you know, uh, kind of letting the audience know that this isn't happening overnight. You know, it, it's taking some time, and, and we're going along with it. Mm-hmm. So, when we get to the drive-in, do you know what movie was playing up on the drive-in screen? I was not paying attention. Apparently, it's a movie called "Thank God It's Friday." Oh, with Donna which, Summer, which came out in 1978. And I guess it has a running gag in it where the character's cherished automobile keeps getting destroyed, whether on purpose or accidentally throughout that movie. Oh, interesting. But how much does it rain in that town? Well, as I was watching it, the first thing I thought of was, oh, nice rain machine. Because it looked like a rain machine. It's pouring all over the place. Julie had to ask me at that point, when it's pouring rain like that, who goes to a drive-in? And so, of course, my response was somebody who doesn't want to watch the movie. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not even going to ask it. As they're watching the movie and they're kind of getting into it, uh, Lee suddenly stops and says, you know, I'm not going to do this in this car because she already has a bad feeling about this car. She knows that something is off with this car. Uh, So she gets out and Arnie chases her down and, you know, I love you. Please come back. Blah, Why does blah, everybody blah, blah. hate my car? Yeah. <laughs> because it's possessed by the devil, dick. They go back into the car and then the windshield, one of the windshield wipers stops and Arnie being all paranoid and, and uh, lovey-dovey towards his car has to fix it. And then Christine locks him out. Where does this bright glow come from? I don't know. 
I don't know if it was just the light on the top or whatever, but first of all, that should be a clear sign. Something's wrong with this car that she's choking at the same time the car is getting super bright. Yeah, and did everybody see the bright light? That's what I, I have to say no to that because you think everyone would have been weirded out. I mean, everyone in the parking lot could have seen that bright light. Was that the deadlights? I don't know. Could be. He yeah. does connect everything. Yeah. So uh, so she starts to choke, and then uh, the song, of course, reflects Christine's mood and what's going on. She's jealous. Totally jealous. Jealous bitch. Well, didn't, didn't this after uh, Leah had slapped her? She did slap the dashboard once. Oh, did she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the line you read at the beginning. Or no. That's no, Dennis. Uh, yeah, she had earlier on had uh, slapped it. And then it says, oh, what? You don't like me slapping your girl or something like that was her line? Ah, oh, cheeky little minx. Um, yeah, I'm sure Christine. Well, I'm sure Christine didn't like Lee to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, she's moving in on her territory. So he she tries to kill her and Lee... Manages to get the door unlocked at the same time as the dude who's in the next car. He had to have seen the light. Here's my question for both of you. And he saves her. Did Christine cause her to choke? Or did just the fact that she started choking, Christine tried to trap her in there while she choked? Oh, she caused her to choke. So I thought maybe she, because she was eating that hamburger, maybe she just swallowed wrong. She started choking, and that's when Christine said, here's my chance to get rid of her and start locking all the doors and I, everything. I don't think Christine looks for chances. She just does what she does. How would she, maybe I guess supernatural, whatever, inside, how would she force her to start choking? But I guess she did kill the, the mother and daughter, so we don't know what happened there. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and let you figure that one out on yourself. But. Okay. <laughs> you'd say it's the devil <laughs> well the devil possessed the car um so she gets away and then you're right dude you would think after that fuck that i'm never going in that car again and, and that's what she said when she was dropped off pretty much right yeah and then uh he's all you know can we hang out whatever and she's like fuck dude i don't know that's fucking creepy you know so lee obviously knows that there's something wrong with this fucking car and so then uh, Arnie gets back into the car and he reassures Christine that everything is okay. Yes, absolutely. So he drops the car off at the garage. And then after he is uh, heading out, Buddy sneaks in with his cronies. How does Arnie get home? There's no Uber back then. I'm guessing he just walks. Maybe it's a walking distance. Oh, maybe. Could be. Huh. But yeah, uh, Buddy and the cronies, yeah, they just beat the shit out of Christine. Yeah, the next day when they show that card, they did a number on it. Yeah, I like I like when they say uh, someone took a shit on the dashboard. Somebody dropped a deuce. Yeah, yeah, Dookie. Which which one of the characters do you think dropped the Dookie? Uh, Moochie. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, without Moochie. a doubt, without a doubt, it was Moochie. Um, so Buddy and his cronies destroy. Christine and Arnie and Lee show up the next day and, you know, Arnie's just absolutely devastated walking around the car. Well, he treats Lee like crap. Well, yeah, because he's fucking devastated. Yeah. I don't think that would fly with any female or male to be treated like that. I'll listen to Mr. Sensitive over here. He's kind of an asshole at this point, but again, that's the car's influence. Right, so you're saying that like it's shocking. No, it's not shocking. I'm just saying she should have walked away and not given a crap. Uh, the fact that she almost died and yet she's with him the next day to go check out Christine. All right, well, 
She's obviously got issues too. Is what you're saying? Well, well, I'm saying is everybody is responsible for their own selves. Okay. okay? Nobody can make anybody do anything. So uh, you're right. He is a complete asshole. He completely snaps at her. And I think that's the pushing that. That's the uh, tipping point. Thank you for Lee. I think she's done with him now. I think now it's about trying to get him help. Do you also feel like maybe this is our point in the movie that we can see Arnie has fully turned to the dark side? Um, Yeah, possibly. Uh, I think uh, when he assaults his dad. Right, right, because that's what we get right after this. He lashes out at his parents after this. Right, and uh, this is definitely the tipping point, like uh, like I was saying earlier. Uh, he is now fully crossed over to the dark side, and I think what solidifies it and what really allows Arnie to let go of who he was is when, and this is probably my favorite scene in the movie, is when Christine heals herself and that he walks around front and he says, okay, show me. And then we get the... And she starts fucking repairing herself. Did you know how they filmed that scene? In reverse. Well, they did do it in reverse, but they also, I guess, used like, you know, industrial kind of vacuums or whatever to suck the metal in. Yeah. And so that's how they kind of made that effect of it coming back out. And they shot it upside down. Did they? Yeah, something to do with the raw negative. Oh. So they shot it upside down, they used the vacuum, and then they ran it back in reverse. I thought the effect worked great. I, oh, thought, I thought it was it fantastic. Great. Yeah, that's like I said, it's one of my favorite, I think it's probably my favorite scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. Not that there's a lot of good scenes. But, you know, what did you think of the scene? I thought it worked. And we needed to see this. So that way the audience will conclusively know that there is something supernatural about the car because we get to watch it there's, finally. There's something wrong with that motherfucker, right? Um, the fact that he says, show me, I kept thinking, do you think somehow Christine was communicating with him like in his head or saying things to him? Or do you think it's just the fact that he saw the radio heal itself? It's just feeling. I think it's just feeling. And he's just not spooked out at all. About Obviously it. he's not. I mean, he's more he's more seduced than anything. He's mm-hmm. not spooked out by any stretch of the imagination. If he could have fucked the car, I'm sure he would have. Well, I bet you there were some tailpipe burns somewhere. Well, knowing Stephen King, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, so, Christina's healed? Yeah, she decides to take a chance on him, I think, as soon as he says, they can't hurt us anymore. We'll show these shitters. Yeah. And then that was when she does her first little bit. Yeah. And now... Christine wants a little revenge. Christine then seeks out the vandals, crushing Moochie in an alley, triggering a gas station explosion that kills Don and Richie and sets her on fire, and finally running down and killing Buddy himself. After the badly burned Christine returns to Darnell's garage, Darnell opens the driver's door to find it empty. Darnell sits in the driver's seat and is crushed to death against the steering wheel. When Christine pushes the seat forward, as another oldie song plays on the radio. The next morning, Christine is back in her slot and fully repaired, with Darnell's body still in the driver's seat. State police detective Rudolph Jenkins becomes suspicious of Arnie, having discovering paint from Christine at the scene of the two gang members' death. However, he has no direct evidence to implicate Arnie, who has an alibi and denies all involvement. Uh, what'd you guys think of the whole taking out Buddy and his cronies? Well, first he goes after Moochie, right? Oh, 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 that's right. Moochie's by himself. He gets dropped off, yeah. whatever. 
I like the bit uh, as because Moochie's running away, right? And you know the headlights are probably the most famous aspect of Christine when you uh, watch it. I guess they hooked up the lights to some like a twelve volt battery to get them so bright, but they kept burning them out, so they had to go through tons of lights. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I also like the way uh, they turn on, right? Sometimes they flash on, and sometimes they're like your eyes opening. And mm-hmm. it, they just kind of mm-hmm. fade in, mm-hmm. uh, like she has a personality. Mm-hmm. And in this bit, when they're chasing Moochie, uh, Moochie runs into like a loading dock uh, bay, uh, but Christine's not quite skinny enough to get in. But did that stop her? No, no, it did not. And she was she was motivated, I guess. I guess. And uh, you know, she cuts Moochie in half. We don't see it. We don't need to see it. But so, a couple of questions. One. Why is Moochie dropped off out in the middle of nowhere at night? And two, who's dropping him off? Just some uh, semi? What What's he doing in that semi with that driver? The same thing he did during the fight. Oh, he's going to take a dump on him? No. Oh, 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 grabbing the balls? To reach around. Yeah, maybe. Next question. So as Christine is slowly getting herself into the loading dock... Why don't you just get up on top of the car rather than just stand there and let the car crush you? I think, you know, that was the same question I asked is why didn't he just jump up and jump out? But, you know, when I was talking with Julie, maybe he just thought he was safe there and that the car wasn't going to be able to get all the way to him. Okay, A, that's silly. Um, And B, yeah, why doesn't he just go? Oh, I know why. He didn't care that much about living. No. It's in the script that way. Bingo. That's the way it was written. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of movies where cars are chasing you, sometimes I wonder, why don't you just take a hard right? Yeah. Or, or just take a hard left? It's it's the trope, and one of the things that really bothers me about movies like this, is the trope of every time a car is chasing someone, they have to run straight down a road. They can't run off and go through some trees, or they can't go and jump over a wall, or go inside a building, anything. They just got to keep running straight down the road. You know why they do that, don't you? The middle of the road. But you guys know why they do that, don't you? So the car can get them. We also get a nice little look of the car's headlights swinging into the background to emphasize the point that Christine has not given up on Moochie. Right, right. When he when he runs across, so that moment is kind of nice. But it is also pretty fun to watch Christine jamming herself to get to Moochie. Once she takes care of Moochie, the cops come around, because and Arnie's the one who's obviously got the most motive. Right, right. Because they they beat uh, or they destroyed Christine. Uh, do they ever ask? And <laughs> I may or may not have been paying attention, but did they ever ask how he gets Christine fixed so quick? The officer, Isn't it like overnight? Well, that's the question. And again, that's nothing that bothered me is the officer even says, you know, you can't even tell that it was damaged or they, you know, the paint match is perfect and all that. He never gets suspicious about that because he basically says, you know, I heard these guys destroyed your car. Wouldn't his first stop be? Obviously they didn't destroy the car. Yeah, well, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they're just really gullible. And how did the police find out about it? Because they said that Arnie never filed a police report about it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for whatever reason, Officer Jenkins finds Arnie because who knows why? I don't know. Plot convenience? Plot convenience. So. Yeah, and I would think everything that this detective, this officer is questioning Arnie about would make him think that Arnie's innocent because the car is not destroyed. Uh, Arnie has an alibi. 
there's there's nothing to the story. So I mean, I don't know why he keeps going after Arnie, yeah. except that he's got a motive. Well, that's why because he's got a motive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if if it's obvious that somehow the car got into that bay to kill Moochie and the car is in perfect condition the next day, you think that would have ruled Arnie out? Well, maybe, but but not, a day later, but not necessarily. Maybe he just didn't use Christine. Maybe he used a different car. Well, I think they made. Didn't he make the comment of something about the same red paint was found at the at the scene? Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, Buddy and the rest of the gang's deaths? I liked how the whole gas station scene was set up because they built that gas station just to blow it up. And I, I kind of liked how, first of all, that one mechanic guy was taken by surprise, the whole gasoline, Christine smash. I loved Christine smashing Buddy's car and tearing the piece. And just the fact that Buddy is just in shock that Arnie would do something like this. Yeah. Uh, I really dug after the gas station blows up when Christine comes out and she's on fire. Just, I, I think that's such a cool visual of Christine driving down the road on fire. I felt like that. Because she's from fucking hell. Well, it also symbolizes her anger. She's just that pissed off. But I want to know, the black on the windshield, was that an illegal tint? Of course it was. Okay, just checking. I did read that the stunt drivers had a lot of problem. One of the reasons why they did the black tint was to hide the stunt drivers, but they had a lot of problems driving at night seeing through those windshields. Right, because they were blacked out. Yeah. 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 My favorite scene in the movie is Christine backing out of the garage on fire and heading after Buddy and, you know, the headlights on and him running down the middle of the road like a fucking idiot. But that's my. This is my favorite part of the movie here. Yeah, and then she runs over him, and then somehow she, he's on fire. Yeah, I thought that was, huh? You know, it's it was one totally. Of, it was one of those moments, like I said, interesting editing, uh, that it just kind of happens and then it's over. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, how did it happen? And I mean, okay, you could put two and two together, and he ran over him, but yeah, he was completely ablazed. So, yeah, good for you, Christine. Maybe it was just Good all job. that hair gel and everything that just ignited him. Hey, he easily had the best hair in this film. All right. I'm pro buddy for his hair. I, I'm just infatuated with his sideburns. Yeah. Well, he had great sideburns too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the John Carpenter music to accompany this scene just plays beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this is probably one of the only horror elements in this film. yeah you know you could say each of the death is a horror element but this one is easily i guess the most graphic and uh plays more with your imagination and just the imagery of christine on fire mm-hmm. rolling down the yeah, road absolutely on fire it's pretty impressive what do you think of darnell's death uh i'm not sure why he had to die me neither but the, he, the the only thing I could guess is that he saw he was he was a a, a witness. You know, he saw her coming back from the scene of the crime, so she and had to nobody get rid was of in the car. Yeah, I thought it was something to do with that. Something to do with the fact of that he dared to sit in her. You know, why would he sit in the car? You know, that's Arnie's car, and also uh, Christine had witnessed him treating Arnie poorly a lot. Oh yeah, maybe. So it's just maybe. all those things, but. but 
he does turn it around. He does offer Arnie a job and tell him he can. I mean, he kind of warms up to Arnie, so yeah. I don't know if it would be that. And a lot of her parts, when he, she originally got rebuilt, was because of Darnell. Right, so I don't know if that, that theory holds weight. I think it's more of the, he's a witness and she's got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Or we just needed another death. How much would that suck, getting crushed to death in a car like that? Mm-hmm. You know, with the, the seats coming up and uh, that would just suck. I loved watching her come home. The 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 low uh, idle of the engine, completely engulfed in smoke. Yeah, and backing herself in, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And then he even touches it, and it's hot. So it's kind of odd how he can sit in her. That's so what I thought too. Yeah. So the outside is smoking. And it is too hot to touch, but inside it's okay. Well, yeah, she's already repaired herself inside. Did the car have air conditioning? I didn't think they had air conditioning in 1958 cars. The, the devil has air conditioning. Uh, maybe. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. So the next morning, uh, Arnie comes. Uh, he's driving the Cadillac. He's driving uh, Darnell's car full of uh, auto parts. And the police are there. And Jenkins, again, is like, what? Where the fuck you? Where were you last night? Right, giving him the third degree, and uh, Christine has repaired herself again. And you know, I, I like how Arnie is so convincing at the end of all of this. I don't know what happened. I swear. Well, I had he nothing did, to do with it. He did have an alibi, so this showed that the night before Christine had done it all on her own. Yeah, yeah. So I am curious to know the first time you see the movie and he is coming up to Christine. What were you expecting? Were you expecting that um, Darnell's body was going to be uh, in the car? Were you expecting Christine had, like, ejected him? Were you thinking Christine was going to be all cleaned up? Or were you, you know, just what was your thought? Because that had to be going through our heads the first time we saw it. I remember what I thought. Uh, I remember thinking that she'd be repaired because we'd already seen it but i wasn't too sure where the body was going to go or what she doesn't have an ejection system mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so i think it's weird that all of these dead bodies keep coming up around this car and nobody's asking any fucking questions well except for junkins yeah but i mean but he's easily persuaded mm-hmm. i didn't do it i swear to god i was home you can ask my mom <laughs> what about you john uh when I saw all the police officers around the car, I knew the body was had to be somewhere found by the car, inside the car. I thought that she would have kind of kicked him out and he was going to be lying next to the car. But I didn't know if the car was going to be repaired. But then when I thought about it, it had to be repaired. Otherwise, they were going to connect it up to the gas station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the for fact sure. that Buddy burned up on the highway. Yeah. And then, uh, you know... <laughs> Arnie doesn't even help help his case either because he uh, Detective Jenkins is telling him about Moochie. <laughs> what does he say? Uh, isn't that what you do with shit? You just shovel it up because he's still pissed that they took yeah. a shit on his dashboard. Yeah, that was that was a nice comeback. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, good line, good line. I guess in the book there are a lot more deaths, including Arnie's parents get killed. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I I'd be interested to listen to the book again. And, yeah, in this movie, I guess the body counts eight total. Yeah, not a lot. No. Not a lot. 
Jenkins either is unaware or doubtful that Christine can drive herself. Following the choking incident that Christine's initial vandalization, Lee breaks up with Arnie. Dennis and Lee, who have both become aware of Christine's supernatural and sinister nature, conclude that the only way to save Arnie from the car's influence is to destroy it. They set a trap for Christine at Darnell's garage. Dennis waits at the controls of a bulldozer while Lee stands ready to close the garage doors and cut off Christine's retreat once it enters. However, having hidden under a pile of debris in the garage the entire time, Christine strikes Lee, assuming her position at the door controls. Attempting to kill Lee, Christine crashes through Darnell's office. Arnie, who has been driving the car himself and was possessed, is thrown through the windshield and fatally impaled on a shard of glass. Christine plays another oldie song as Arnie lays dying. Dennis and Lee attack Christine with the bulldozer, but she continually repairs herself and retaliates. The battle continues until they repeatedly drive back and forth over Christine, damaging her so much that she is unable to immediately regenerate. The next day, Dennis, Lee, and Jenkins watch as Christine's remains are compacted by a car crusher in a junkyard and dropped on the ground as a solid block. Jenkins praises the teens for defeating the demonic vehicle, despite them mourning Arnie's death and their inability to save him from Christine's corruption. As the camera zooms in slowly on the car's remains, a portion of the front grille twitches slightly before going still. Roll credits. So, you know, Lee is completely fucking, she knows something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so she goes to Dennis. And Dennis, being his friend, you know, says, I'm going to see Arnie tonight. We'll talk about it. We'll find out what's going on. And Lee says, well, what if that doesn't work? And Dennis says, well, we got to destroy the fucking car. What did you guys think of the bit when Arnie picks up Dennis and they're going driving? Complete transformation. Complete. He, he has become totally upset because he starts talking about, you know, knowing true love and have you never felt things like this and you got to fully give in. And he asks, are you talking about Lee? And he's like, no, I'm talking about Christine. Yeah. And, and you know, just the whole, I mean, they want to have a beer and, and uh, Dennis uh, or Arnie makes a toast to death to all the shitters. And Dennis is like, no, dude, I can't fucking toast to that. That, and he keeps taking his hands off the wheel to show that the car can drive itself. I never noticed that. When he says, hey, watch this, you know, this perfect alignment, and it goes around a curve without his hands on the wheel. Yeah. He used his knee. That's true. Probably. Who knows? But uh, Christine does 100 pretty easily. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's got that going for him. And then we get another moment where we see the odometer is going further back and then we have uh, a message uh, given to christine courtesy of dennis uh yeah he carves into her hood uh darnell's at midnight or whatever darnell's tonight darnell's tonight and uh you know going back and watching it again they do that they take off and then we cut to uh darnell's at night and Dennis and Lee are getting ready for their big plan. They get the bulldozer coming in, blah, blah, blah. And I started thinking, Dennis, or uh, I started thinking, Arnie being who he is, as soon as he got that message, he probably went to Darnell's after school. That's what I thought, too. So He, he just went straight there. Yeah, so, duh. Did you either of you ever question how Dennis knew how to drive that big tractor thing? No. Did you? 
Did you, Don? No, it's not rocket science. Well, I thought about it like, you know, that's a big thing. He just all of a sudden knew how to hotwire and drive it perfectly. Uh, Julie thought, well, maybe it's because they're from a rural town that maybe he's had experience with that. I guess in the book it is explained that that's where Arnie earned his money uh, the summer before that he used for the car or to buy Christine was that both of them had a summer job driving those kind of tractors. Which makes sense because not only did Stephen King probably give the backstory of the summer job, he probably gave the backstory of the sandwich that they each ate during said summer job. It's so, very possible. Yeah, it doesn't fucking surprise me. The other big change, I guess, in this is that it was a big septic truck that they used to fight Christine with. And the septic truck had a name Petunia because Stephen King wanted it to be a battle of like these two big bitches against each other uh, battling to the death. Yeah, well, I'm glad the writer went out on that one. Uh, I think the bulldozer is way more cinematic mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, what we needed. So what did you guys think of this whole plan? What was the plan exactly? I don't really know. <laughs> well, the plan was obviously to destroy Christine. Well, thanks, Captain but Obvious, I'm thinking, but what was the plan? But I'm thinking, wouldn't they have known Arnie would come too? Well, see, that's what I was kind of thinking as well. And maybe they were going to try and separate Arnie from the car, you know, like uh, the Fantastic Four has to separate the surfer from his board. Mm-hmm. But we never get any of that. But what we do get is we get... Uh, Arnie in the car. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I felt there was a missed opportunity in this that we actually get to see Arnie earlier in the car. I thought we shouldn't have seen Arnie until he came crashing through the window. Uh, Maybe. Because I thought that would have added a little bit more because it would have been questioned. Is Arnie there or is, is he not there? Is he behind the wheel or is he... Still got a shred of good in him. Yeah, well, has Arnie been behind the wheel the whole time? We don't know that. Right. We, yeah, it's and ambiguous. That's saying, so we should, don't know. We should have found window, out when he came crashing through the window. The windows are always blacked out. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. But they give it to us anyway. And he looks all zombified and all freaked out. And here's kind of where it slowed down for me. And kind of it wasn't the best uh, final battle in uh, like a horror movie or, or the final showdown, whatever. I found it clunky. Right, they're trying to drive this big bulldozer, and uh, Christine can't hit anything to save her life, except like a pole or something. And then the bit where Lee's standing against the garage door, and then Dennis pulls up to protect her. It just felt, I don't know, kind of wonky. What'd you guys think of that whole bit where you know Christine tries to crash into her, but she can't because she's hitting the bulldozer, and then she goes around her and well, she tries it again. It just it was just felt clunky. My first thought, unless she was trying to bait him, when Christine is smashing into one side, why can't Lee just run around the other side and get up into the tractor? Why doesn't she get up into the tractor? Oh, you know why? Because OSHA says you can only have one person in that tractor. Oh, got it. <laughs> well, that was what I totally thought the whole time as well. Why the hell is she hanging out and not getting back up in the cab? Right. I get the whole let's close the door. Oh, and here's the other thing. As soon as Christine shows herself and we get the... And she comes out of that pile of debris and Lee's trying to open the door. The door was locked. Did you see the padlock? How was she going to get the fucking door open anyway? I don't know. Right? So not not really a well thought out plan by Dennis and Lee. Mm. But it seemed to have worked. They are high schoolers. Fair point. Fair point. Now, the death of Arnie. 
with him coming flying through the windshield, getting impaled on the glass. Was that a good death? No, for it was. Guy? It was hokey. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like how he sprung up. You know, like it was a. It was an attempt at a jump scare, mm-hmm. and then how he lays down. And the part I did think was okay was as he's dying, laying there with the shard sticking out, and the song's playing, and he goes to touch her one last time, and you know. But other than that, I thought just the whole him. How does he hit every other fucking car and not fly out of the fucking windshield? But when he happens to go this time, he flies out of the fucking windshield. Does he wear his fucking seatbelt? I guess, like I said. And why isn't Christine protecting him? Well, Nana did tell me that cars back then did not have seatbelts. Okay, I'll buy that. But why isn't Christine protecting him? That's what I want to know. That was one of my thoughts. But my other thought, too, I thought it was a little bit depreciating or whatever that it was kind of a letdown for him to die so easily in this movie. But I really thought then what we should have had was, you know, Christine showing that she was really in love with Arnie, that she just gives up at that point. And that's pretty much the end of our movie is they just destroy her because she has basically commits suicide. She's She's lost lost her her will to live. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought maybe this movie should have gone. Of No, now she's, even though she doesn't have Arnie to fuel her anymore, she's still got fight left in her that she wants to kill these people. Well, I mean, she didn't get a chance, though. No. Because as soon as she's stuck in that position, the bulldozer gets a hold of her, you know, and starts going back and forth and back and forth. And this, again, was kind of clunky, the way mm-hmm. they cut it all together. So once all of this happens, we immediately hard cut to Christine as a block falling down to the ground. And that was kind of jarring. You know what I mean? There was no breath at the end for our heroes. It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was almost like they didn't have an insert shot to put there. And so we just did a hard cut to the block. Yeah. It was just kind of jarring. Nighttime to daytime being so bright. Yeah. Yeah. And why is Jenkins there? Why? And why is he calling them heroes? I don't know. Does he believe that Christine was a demon car? That, I guess. That's my thought, too, is that maybe he shows up because of Arnie's death, and they just tell him the story of, well, the car was possessed and did all this and that, and he's just like, oh, okay, I believe that. Totally, right? Fucking crazy. I so, guess I guess crazy. that could happen. Yeah, Christine should have just not healed at that point and let them go to jail for killing Arnie. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, why, why were they set off scot-free? Uh, because they're heroes, and heroes don't go to jail. And then you get the bit with the guy walking by with the boombox. And uh, when was the last time you saw a boombox? <laughs> I know. And, uh, you know, Lee gives the one liner. God, I hate rock and roll. I don't think I could ever hate rock and roll. So I didn't like her line there. But then we get the cliffhanger, the little twitch, the little twitch, which, you know, back then in every horror movie, you had to have something, mm-hmm. you know, whether there was going to be a sequel or not. You know, you had to give the audience something. And then we uh, have our bookend song of Bad of the Bone and the credits roll. I guess they actually filmed a scene uh, with George Thorogood, who sings Bad of the Bone. And the writer. And the writer, that they were in the wrecking yard, and they were the one that smashed up Christine. Yeah, yeah. Didn't work, so they took it out. Did you know where uh, Christine got her name? From Stephen King. But where he... What he was inspired to name the car, Christine? Uh, From Christine Romero. Yeah, you are correct. I know. Uh, While he (laughs) was in the process of making Creepshow, he was working with Christine Romero, who's obviously married to, was married to George Romero, Night of the Living Dead. And it was during that time he came up with the idea for 
Christine the book and decided to use her name. Yeah. Yeah. George Romero. There's a director we need to do. Night of the Living Dead. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this bitch? I'm ready to rate this bitch. Not quite yet. I think I need to drive down to Middle Earth. Oh, fuck. And now it's time for John's... Moment. So this is the point in our podcast where I take whatever movie we are reviewing and compare it to one of the greatest movie series ever made, Lord of the Rings. So for my comparison, I'm going to start out by saying there really wasn't a Sam or a Frodo in this movie. Arnie Cunningham is Gollum and his one ring is Christine. As the movie progresses, we can see Christine's effect or, you know, corruption on Arnie as he changes until he's completely enthralled by the car. She has become his precious. In the end, it's his obsession with the precious that leads to the death of Arnie. Dennis Gilder is our Aragorn. Much like Aragorn, Dennis spends a lot of the movie as a quiet almost brooding individual until a hero is needed. He seeks only the company of a select few people and he loves from afar while others have a crush on him. The football injury scene actually reminded me of when Aragorn was injured battling orcs and fell over that cliff. Lee Cabot, she reminds me of Eowyn, the niece of King Theoden of Rohan, sister of Aromer, who was a leader, uh, leader of the Riders of Rohan. Much like Eowyn, she faces dangers to help win the day. And much also like Eowyn, she faced down, who faced down the Witch King Agmar, Lee faces down Christine. Clarence Buddy Repperton. He is Saruman the White. While he's not as refined as Saruman, he is a bad guy in the movie, but not the big bad. Peter Mucci, Welch, is his worm tongue, and the rest of the gang, well, I guess they would just be his orcs. So there you have it, my comparison of Christine to Lord of the Rings. Bring on the grades. I think the the strongest point you have there is Arnie being Gollum and Christine being the ring. I think that fits really well. Agreed. And even even Dennis being Aragorn, I think, uh, works. Um, As far as the other ones, I mean... Yeah, process of elimination, really. There's there's really no no one else for them to be. So Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, I'm going to give this a B minus. Oh, listen to you. I feel like that uh, having Gollum as our main character of Arnie is representative as well. The uh, Christine ring, that's a lock. That's a gimme. But after that, I feel like there's not too many other things that work for it. So I'm going to give it a C. There you go. I couldn't think of a Gandalf or any of the other characters because really this movie was one of those one-offs that really didn't have any of these other characters. Yeah, it's funny. You'll either get movies that have all of the characters and not the ring, or you'll finally get one that you have a clear definition for the ring and a clear example, but not all the other characters. And I'd say so. I, I struggled hard as probably with, with Lee. I didn't know where to put her. Uh, she would have, uh, I would have put her as, uh, yeah, she could have been Erwin, uh, or Erwin. 
She could have either been Liv Tyler's character or the other character or even some way Sam, you know. So, you know, not bad. Not bad at all. And that was John's. Moment. All right. So uh, what do you guys think? Now is the time to rate this bitch? Could we please? I guess so. Uh, Professor, how do we rate our movies? We rate our movies on a scale of one to five fucks. Five fucks is a movie that we think is cinematic gold. Anytime somebody says, you want to watch that movie? Yes, you do. A one fuck movie is a movie where you've seen it and there's nothing about it that you care to see again. And what's a zero? A zero fuck movie is I don't care about this movie and I don't ever want to watch this movie again. This movie blows. So, in other words, we just don't give a fuck. Um, Okay, I'll go first. Christine, way back when, I thought uh, was a good Stephen King movie. Um, Stephen King gets a bad rap about not knowing how to end his movies, and then you get things like what happened with The Shining. And for me, overall, I like Stephen King as a storyteller, and I like his early 80s movies. Um well, I should say I liked them back then. Uh, watching them again this time around, knowing that we're in our Halloween special and I want a scary movie. And Christine doesn't really doesn't really fall into that category so much as we talked about earlier. I think suspense is a good uh, word for it. Um, you know, a thriller. But as far as a horror movie is concerned, it had a few elements of horror. I think the music definitely is horror themed, uh, the kills and the death. And, you know, just the story of a demonic car. I think that John Carpenter's direction of this movie was really good. They, uh, the cast worked fine for me. I believed Arnie. I believed Dennis, the bad guys, you know, all of them. They all had their part to play, and I thought they did it uh, well. The movie comes in at an hour and 40, which isn't too long of a movie, but there were bits of this movie where I kind of felt myself drifting and just kind of losing interest. And, you know, I I hate when that happens when I'm watching a movie because that means it's losing me. And unfortunately, Christine lost me, you know, a couple times here and there. Overall, though, in the pantheon of Stephen King movies, as far as it, the way it was made and the story it tells, you know, it could be in the top 10 of of his movies in in my book. Um, But there are ones that I like way better. And, you know, there are ones that, in fact, we're going to talk about next week that I hold in higher regard as well. But, you know, for a a story about a demonic car, I thought it was pretty good. So I'm going to give Christine 3.5 fucks. Okay, that was higher than I thought you were going to go. Can I go next? Sure. Please do. Okay. Christine is one of those 80s horror flicks that you want to appreciate based on its creative storytelling and the fact that it came from the mind of Stephen King. This movie brings up one of the worst tropes in movies, in in my opinion, or at least the one that bugs me the most. Why do people run straight down the road or even stay on the road at all when being chased by a car? 
They could go left, they could go right, they could run through the trees, they could jump over a wall, but no, they have to run straight down the road. And we, the audience, are supposed to buy into this. It takes me out of the movie every time. One thing I do love about Stephen King is that his books can be scary, suspenseful, and tense all at the same time. And Christine had that potential, a sleek, beautiful killing machine with music that was on point. It just seems like a winning idea. But the execution and the delivery was not suspenseful, in my opinion, tense or scary. I haven't read the book, but I'm willing to bet I'd get a lot more enjoyment out of that than I did this movie. When you break it down, Christine is really just autoerotica. It's Stephen King making a statement on people's obsessions with cars to the point where they give them names and they act like they are alive. When you take all this into account, the movie almost feels a little bit humorous. Christine is, again, a sleek killing machine. But she's not very intimidating. Jump in the water, go upstairs, run through trees, or drive something bigger are all easy ways to avoid her vengeance. Other than that, the casting was okay. But I had troubles connecting with pretty much any of the characters. Overall, I wanted to see more of an exploration into the idea of nature versus nurture. Was the car just bad and its influence changed Arnie? Or did it feed off the obsession of others to fuel its naughty nature? This, the book goes way more into the idea of evil nourishing evil and how the car bonds with its owner. I'd like to have seen more of that in this movie. So for those reasons, I'm giving Christine 2.25 fucks. 2.25 fucks from the comic book guy. That leaves me. Yay. Yay. All right, Christine, 1983. I am confident I saw this movie on VHS. I don't think I saw it in the theater. And in general, it delivered about what I was expecting out of it. It doesn't have a lot of suspense or tension to it. I feel that it has some good moments to it, but that's about it. It has good moments. The story arc of Arnie, uh, I bought it. And uh, Dennis, I enjoyed his protagonist uh story arc in the movie after that it it kind of sort of felt like uh kind of sort of you know like a a young horror movie right because you have teenagers dealing with some sort of a trauma that they are you know fleeing for their lives but i i i I was i didn't raise my eyebrows very much to uh the, the the death scenes or what was happening it was fun to watch the car transform itself and like I said, I, I, I really appreciated uh, the death scene that we get with Buddy. And outside of that, I don't know. It, it just doesn't hold that much for me. The characters, like I said, are, are, they're okay. The actors, they're okay too. But in the end, I, I, I don't really have that much love for the movie. I'm going to give it two fucks. Two fucks from the professor. So, 3.5 fucks for me, 2.25 fucks from the comic book guy, and 2 fucks from the professor gives us an average of 2.6 fucks, which ties it with Cobra. 
and makes it slightly worse than Atonement, Tommy Boy, and Solo, a Star Wars movie, and slightly better than Lone Wolf McQuaid, The Life Aquatic with Steve Z. Really? And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So there you go. Interesting little moment there that um, we have another cool ride with Cobra. It's being tied with that. And you have Lone Wolf McQuaid with his rig as well. Oh, yeah. There you go. Something about movie cars, right? I got a question for you, Don. And your rating of 3.5. When I was watching this movie, I was thinking, I bet you Don's going to connect with this movie. Because I don't know why, at least in my head, this movie had kind of a Jaws feeling. In that... The car almost seemed shark-like, the way it was hunting people. And especially in the beginning, just like in Jaws, you really don't see much of the car. You just kind of see the car in the background or doing little things. Kind of like the shark. You know, we don't get to see the shark in Jaws in the beginning. Did you feel any kind of Jaws feeling or connection with this movie? The only time I felt like that, where I went, oh, yeah, look at that, uh, was when they're in the garage at the end, the final fight, and Christine has teeth. Uh, but the way it was moving, it was just kind of creeping forward and kind of stalking. And Menacing. Thinking, yeah. Uh, I think that would probably be the only time. Okay. You know. Uh, I gave it a 3.5 because I, out of all of Stephen King's movies, it's complete. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a beginning, middle, and end, and it, it, it works. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a lot of Stephen King movies out there where you go, eh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, there you go. I guess on the uh, DVD extra, Keith Gordon, who played Arnie, described how he, you know, method acted for this movie. Did you hear what he would do in his scenes? Hold his breath? No. He would picture Christine as a woman. Oh, right. And any time that he came up and he touched the car, he would imagine he's touching a part of a woman. Yeah. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. Uh, If you would like to know which Halloween movie we are going to be reviewing next, here's a hint. It's a Stephen King flick. Uh, Other than that, go ahead and check out our website and any social media platforms that we have. Uh, Speaking of which, hey, John, where can they find us? Well, they can always find us at our website, threeguysinaflick.com, where we go ahead and we post all of our podcasts, our show notes, movie trivia, and anything else I feel like posting on the site. You can also find us on basically any social media site or any place that hosts podcasts. All right. Sounds great. I just want to thank Zach, Ronnie, and Jill for always listening. Thanks for listening. Keep on listening. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, Jill. And I want to thank anyone else who is listening out there. We really appreciate it. Uh, Let us know if there's a movie that you want us to review. Uh, Send it in. We'll put it in the Bronco Helmet, and we'll get it on the air. Uh, I also want to take this one last minute to shout out my new daughter-in-law, My son got married this past weekend. Congratulations. Thank you. And it was quite the party. So uh, welcome to the family, Mac. We love you. And that was fucking awesome. I'm still waiting for my wedding invite. Just do what good old Jack Burton does. Check is in the mail. So for three guys in a flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. with that sound somewhere in the beginning of the pod or just throw it in every so often.
Okay, you don't make the noise. Just tell me the noise. Stop it. I guess in the end, what it comes down to is you're sitting in the big chair. The big boy chair? See, I didn't want to have to say it, but you, yeah. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Do that again. Whoa, whoa. One more time. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) He's not a monkey. Stop treating him like he's this little trained monkey. Clang, 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 clang. Was Misery Stephen King? Yeah. Still is. I find it curious that we did all these 80s movies and then we're done with the 80s movies and we jump right back into another 80s movies. I know. I don't want to done. say that this is the professor's fault, but this is the professor's fucking fault. All I said was, oh, hey, I saw an ad for Christine the other day and he was like, oh, fuck, we have to do Christine. I think that's going to be really good. Don't put words in my mouth. Why not? I put other things in your mouth. Okay, that's just between you and I. Got a porn name for this one? Oh, Christine? Uh, I think maybe just pristine. How is that porn? I don't know. You get a pristine woman. Again, again. how is that porn? You can use Christine for anything. But I did see a great one for Hocus Pocus. Which is? Uh, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> In fact, and apparently that's a real one. Yeah, don't, don't encourage him. All right, fuck off. Good night.